take over. My name's Nick Brown for Annie Brown for Annie Brown Town, the 14th reason, the Silver Surfer Top Deck. I'll be your host. I'll be your guide over this next hour. And joining me is my man through the screen today. He's a bit under the weather, uh, under the Melbourne weather. It is pretty fucking awful at the moment. Uh, the oh so glorious one, Mr. Silky Cream Cheese Smooth himself, Nathan Custerson. Nathan, how are you feeling right now on a scale from one to about a hundred? Oh, negative three. <laughs> Nick, what, 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 what did Amity do? They brought the weather with them. Is that what they did with that they, album? They did. They did do that. Was it, was it the worst album of all time? It was their worst album of all time, which would categorically mean it's the worst album ever created. Yes. Well, that sums me up right there and the career of Amity Affliction in one. So <sighs> kudos to you. Akuta Matata, Nathan. Akuta Matata. I still don't know what that fucking means. There ain't no worries for the rest of your days, but Nathan. Great movie, The Lion King. Have you seen it? I have. Have you seen the um the live action remake? Nah, Nathan. I um I got kit. I got captured by Al Qaeda one time, and they tried to make me watch it. <laughs> so I couldn't fucking do it, Nathan. That's fucking hor- horrific movie. I don't stop ruining my childhood, Nathan. That's all I gotta say. Simple Jack and style, Nick Brown. They were about to fucking Tropic Thunder. You. Yeah, they, were, they were. They were going to. They were going to kidnap you and make you recite the whole action like Lion King cartoon, but then they're going to show you the real 3D version. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it one bit either. If you are listening, of course, we do have interviews with uh, Mark Banana from Auntie Donna, Bad Forward Slash Love, and Bloom that have all come out in the past two, two and a half weeks. All fantastic Nick. interviews, Nathan. Um, I think they all love us now. Nick, what do they what do they stand for, those three? Banano, Bloom, Bad Love, BBB, Bilson's Backbone, the five Bs, Nathan. That's a Backstreet Boys as well. We haven't interviewed them, but... Oh, well, they're coming. I'm telling you now. They, they're avid listeners of the show. They're Bavantry, so there's two of the next three that we're going to have on the, on the show as well, mate. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, fucking hell. I hate every Look, single uh, part of it. <laughs> can you see my Bilson's my hoodie? My yeah, hoodie? You, are, you, you are wearing the Bilson's hoodie. It. And, of course, we are brought to you this episode, and every episode is brought to you by Bilson's Brewery, which is in Beechworth up in Aubrey. Go up there. Have a beer. Go to your lo- local BWS. It's at my local BWS now. Talk to at me. my local yeah, IGA. It is fucking incredible everywhere I go now. It's It was in the paper today. It's in the Herald Sun. There's literally a page on Bilson's in the Herald Sun. I don't even, I don't know how to read and I could figure it out just because of the logo, Nathan. That's how gorgeous that thing is. Um, I, you know, obviously, in the last couple of interviews, we've been giving, uh, you know, having a couple of uh, Bilson's with, you know, the Bad Love Boys and the Bloom Boys and they've all been looking it up afterwards. I've seen them. They're looking on their phone seeing if they can order a slab for themselves and I, I just say, settle down. We'll, we'll be able to hook you up in the future as long as you pay us a, a certain amount of fee, Nathan. Certain fee, and we get a couple of actual Bilsons along with that as well, Nick Brown. We get two out of every two out of every slab each, so that's four. So they get twenty. Pretty, yeah. We'll give them a discount too. 10% <laughs> Back, backbone discount. There you go. And yeah. what we do the weekend, of course. Shout out to those boys, Nathan. Yeah. It's been a, like we, it's been a couple of weeks, so I want to I want to kind of go over a few things that have happened to me over the last couple of weeks. That's all right with you. Yes, I heard a good story about Friday. <sighs> Fuck me, Nathan. Fuck me sideways. So on Friday, I was lucky enough to go to Bang. Um, Bang had their return night, their massive return night, and they had a few bands on. One band, Future Static, was awesome, and then they had two cover bands. One of them was Drastic Park, who apparently aren't a cover <laughs> band. I still haven't worked that out yet, but that was all, all fun and dandy. Nathan, 
I, I gave you three options when I called you. I think it was the Saturday about how the night was. It was either awesome, terrible, or the middle. And you said the middle, which is a great Jimmy yeah. World song. Uh, that was it, my was, <laughs> it was fucking awful. And there's no, no, no <laughs> fault of the people who organized it, no fault of anyone in it, right? It was just the fault that there were so many fucking people, David. I wanted to kill myself. It was horrific. It was so it was so miserable. I couldn't move anywhere. I couldn't stand still. You know, some things in life I think are very we, we don't take for granted, Nathan. And one thing is, usually when you watch a show and a band starts and you're not in the, the mosh pit area, you can just stand there and watch it. You don't have someone bumping past you every three fucking seconds. It was the most horrific. I left after a couple of hours. I only wanted to see Future Static, who are awesome, by the way. Jurassic Park were okay. I still don't get the hype behind Jurassic Park. I still think everyone is ironically liking them. And I keep saying, I'm like, I really like the guys. The guys are really nice dudes. I was talking to Joe afterwards. I helped him take his drum kit out uh, because I actually felt bad for every musician who had to walk through that tsunami of humans who, would, who weren't moving oh, for anyone, Nathan. And I also shout out to the What We Did on the Weekend guys who had to like t- had to tough it out in the front bar all fucking night. I was like... How'd they do it? Oh, they, what were they, they drinking, Nick? They weren't drinking Bilsons, which was the fucking <laughs> worst thing in the world. They weren't allowed to bring... It wasn't BYO, unfortunately. But uh, look, it, there, was, there was literally a point, and this is right before I left, that I was walking past and the bartender from the smokers area bar was yelling out, it's a 45-minute wait for a drink. 45 oh. minutes, Nathan. Do you know oh, why? Mate. You wonder why people do drugs. The fucking stalls and the toilets were fucking free. <laughs> no the kids are, if you had the option, no wonder you're going to do drugs, Nathan. Fuck it out. It's a drug. It's, it, it's a pro drug campaign, but I don't give a shit. That's fucked up. All, all I can envisage, but the last night of Bang, the so-called last night, that it was never going to be the last night, where there was people hanging off the roof like the rafters, Nick, <laughs> to get into this joint. I'm telling you, the line was around the corner up near the fucking pie face that night. So if it was anything like that. I, I knew from your like the first three seconds or the first three words that came out of your mouth that was terrible. I could just tell. So I, I, I was actually fearing for you. And I, I thought it was on Saturday night. Trying to say, well, I'm going with this fucking thing. But good on banging. Hey, now, Nick, what, what, what is going on with this headline band? So a Blink-182 cover band. Now, now fill me in. Like, we're huge Blink-182 fans on this show. No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> Avid, avid listeners of Blink-182, saw them at Soundwave, saw them twice on their side show, saw, saw it all. They didn't even have a Soundwave. That's how well they were going. But Nick, talk to me about the headline band. So the headline band, um, the actual cover band, um, Drastic Park, we still got the jury still out on them, whether or not they're a cover band or not. Um, <laughs> Debating. Yeah. We're uh, they're a band called Briz 182, Nathan. A Blink-182 cover band. Quite a clever name, some would say, but there is more yeah. to the reason why they, apparently, this is what I've been told at least. The reason why they're called Briz 182 is because they have one drummer, eight guitarists, and two singers. For a oh, three-piece band, for I think apparently they are. I don't know, who gives a fuck? Uh, name? <laughs> it would make more sense if they're from Brisbane. I, I yeah. would, pro- I think they'd be lynched if they were from Melbourne doing that fucking pull and that kind of stunt at us. But Nave, I, I cannot believe the absolute tomfoolery that was going on. And you know what the worst part is? They actually what kind happened? Of, they kind of sounded half decent. I was, kind of, oh, I, was kind of, wow. I was pissed off. And there weren't eight guitarists either. There was like six of them, which is still too many. There was like five mic stands on there. So I oh, these of all the bands you're gonna cover, like I get it was a perfect, you know, band for the night because it's a return night and every normie and their fucking mate can like sing along I'm to the blank, rock, yeah. can sing along to the rock show, right? We all get it. Like I understand why oh, you yeah. did it. But it's like first of all, you got two cover bands anyway. You got Drastic Park you can sing along to the rock show with anyway. But who gives a fuck? I I'm, I'm just I'm just sitting there, I'm going, what what's the point? of this why am i here why not get a decent band future static were awesome but yeah future static and a weird like 
getting because like they are a completely different band of those other two bands. Yeah. But like they are just they're, they're saying yes to every show at the moment. They're playing as much as they can. Yes. Which we love. So they're, they're doing really cool things. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan, the week before, because uh, we had the Bloom interview, I, I have to give this a quick shout out. I went to MCW, Melbourne Championship yeah. Wrestling, at the Thornbury Theatre. Thornbury Theatre, for anyone who wants to go. I think they have a show every month or so. Uh, yeah. Sold out. Everyone sells out right now. And uh, apparently, you know, once, they, they're allowed, once they're allowed to have the standing room, they basically double their capacity. And it gets really fucking wild because everyone's standing just drinking piss and yelling at, uh, yelling at the wrestlers. It gets oh, really great. fun. So a few things I have to, a few comments I have to uh, throw out. So the entrances. Now we've always talked about the idea of like, you know, what would our entrance be? We've asked this to bands and bands love answering the question. What would your wrestling entrance be? And the best part about this, MCW ain't paying any royalties to anyone, Nathan. So they're putting anything. One person had Jaden Smith's icon. One person oh, no. had in, in Hearts Wakes Afterglow was one of them. And then oh, no. the greatest one, uh, the, I think they were called the Brat Pack, who's a tag team. And they're, <laughs> and they're, 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 they're about to come out, and all you hear is, the I like the pants around your feet. <laughs> and oh, it's fucking Nickelback. Nickelback. And everyone's going off. Oh. And you know, the best part is the whole, like, the, the, that night, there was like the tag team broke up. They didn't turn on each other they said yo we need to go our separate ways and you need to go for the big title and there's this big emotional hey, moment Every, everyone's everyone's hugging they're all hugging and i'm taking photos going this is true love and all this and then like you know usually you have you, you have to play the entrance before it all ends and they do their big hug and all years i like the pants around it doesn't fit the fucking scenario <laughs> why why'd you have to play that fucking thing also there was one man can't remember his name. I don't give a shit. He's he's had a whole gimmick. He was about doing squats, right? So he, his his song was shots by LMFAO, but when oh, the call, but when the chorus hit, it said squats instead of shots. So he just oh, come no. out squats, 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 squats the whole time. Was he squatting in time? Absolutely, David. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. He oh, was doing God. about 140 squats per minute, so <laughs> or SPMs as I like to call it. But oh, he was. He was yeah, doing this. Oh, Dave, Dave, I've never seen. It was Randy Orton style, nearly oh, as big as Randy Orton. But this guy would come out and he did a Mexican wave, Nathan. But it wasn't just a normal Mexican wave. It was a Mexican squat wave. He got everyone to stand up, and as he ran around, as he ran around this arena, everyone would squat in, in the Mexican wave. Formation. Oh yeah! And then every move he would do, you get him on his shoulders, and everyone would be like, "Squat, squat!" And he'd do a squat with this big fucking hundred kilo bloke on his back, and oh, this guy. Incredible! Was his finisher a squat on the face of someone like a rikishi, like a a stink face? I'm pretty sure he should have just—he literally should have just squatted on someone's face, David. I would have have volunteered as tribute. I swear to God, it was that that fucking beautiful. And every other movie, every other movie, finish and then just go fitness, and he just run around with Vince yelling fitness with his arms in the air. I love this man. I loved every part of it. That was this big no holds bar match, and they put—they did fucking on thumb and they had like coast to coast through chairs and tables and ladders and oh my and lions and tigers and bears oh my and all this fucking shit it was the greatest night of my life David it was like an awesome so shout out to yeah. MCW they have come yeah. leaps, like local wrestling because this is the first local wrestling show I've been to 15 years literally 15 years um so to go to that, and I was like, man, everyone's really fucking good. Like, it's not it's not this kind of like these, they're all in shape. They all look good. They look the part, Nathan. What would your uh, wrestling song be, Nathan? Sorry, do you have a, do you have a quick one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a quick one. I'd probably yeah. be a heel, and I'd be hated by Bear Truth. 
Yep. Hated by Beartooth. Yeah, so I'd come out to Hated by Beartooth and just like the, the, the first lyric and then everyone just boos. They're like, boo, we hate you. But Nick, no, nah, I'm, I'm a PCW man. I can't, I can't give you MCW. Oh, I, what? I, 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 I work with a couple of wrestlers, Nick Brown, that actually wrestle for PCW. And one of their gimmicks weren't actually doing, did you say star jumps, but squats? It was my squats. Guy was, yeah, my guy was doing star jumps when he came out, but it was Butterfly, that Butterfly song, that the song from the 2000s, he came out to that. <laughs> and his name, his, 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 his name was Brick Wall, and um, he came out with the promo. And the last like word of it was another brick in the wall, and I lost my shit. I could, I, I walked out there. I couldn't handle this uh, shit. But absolute poets. <laughs> they're local rivals, these two, but both like the, the serious. The setup for PCW, they got their own arena and my like, own thing with the thousand seats. And same with MCW, that they, they hate each other, but they're both like doing really good shit. I'm pretty and, sure um, a couple of the WWE guys came through there. I think MCW was Buddy Murphy. Yeah, a few of them have come through there. And the cool thing is that um, Neil Walters, who has done uh, stuff, he's done the Amity Affliction doco, and he's done a lot of filming oh, cool. in, in the scene and that. He's like a main dude at, at MCW. He films every show wow. and like you know, does all the editing and that. And like it makes everything look so fucking cool. Uh, a gig I have to shout out that I went to quickly last week was Bloom and the Thornhill. Uh, which was fucking awesome at Stay Gold. Uh, it's good to see a bunch of people there, but I like, dude, I, I love mixed bills for this reason. Anticline opened, uh, which I actually missed, which I was kind of spewing on. And, uh, but everyone was like, Anticline rule, rule, and they, you know, put on their. I would have brought the ruckus. Yeah, they, brought, they bring the ruckus. Bloom were fucking epic. Like, they, their sound Good. was so, so cool. And even Thornhill. Thornhill were awesome as well. Like, I say even Thornhill as if there was like a question as if, like, they usually aren't good. But no, they were awesome. But the only problem they had, they, they came out and it was their last show of their tour, right? Uh, 19 songs. And they were playing this fucking song. And um, they got they got Jono to come out for a guestie, and he comes out oh, no. with like massive black trench coat. And um, what's his name? What's the singer's for Thornhill's name? I can't remember his name. Jacob. Oh, Jacob, Jacob. Yeah. Jacob gets Jono on his fucking um on his shoulders, and he's oh, wow. the guestie of the guestie of this massive breakdown. I can't remember the fucking song, but I was losing my mind. And he was like, he looked. He looked homeless. It was just the fucking greatest thing of all time. They finished the oh. whole set. They come back and we, they go, uh, we don't have it. It's the last sh- uh, show of the tour. Uh, we don't usually finish, uh, have an encore song. So we're just going to play Reptile again. And they just play Reptile again. They get another one of the Blue members to come up and do a guessy for that. I was fucking Fuck losing. No, greatest show of my life. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. And I got to hand off all my Bilsons to what we did on the weekend finally. Oh, was, thank God. Oh, no. Dave, you say thank God, but it was, it was like sending my kids off to school for the first oh, time. Yeah. I was like, I just like, I was just staring at him. I was like, I don't want to give this up. And, uh, but they're all happy with it. And, um, I'm oh, just Billson's name. It's just I need Billson's. a, I need a one word or not a one word, but I need a best song from Thornhill and Bloom. And I need a one word summary from the, what we did on the weekend boys about their Billson's day. So first of all, daylight by Bloom should have won the backbone yep. 100 last year. I, yeah. I, I'm officially, I'm it's officially a, putting it out there. Song. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, yeah. I think it came in the, it came in the teens. Like it, Finished very well, but <laughs> top 10, should have got top 10, top three, should have won the whole fucking thing for in my opinion. Uh, best Thornhill song was wow, Where We Go When We Die Close, and that was that was very cool. It's funny, when that song started, I was like, eh, I don't know why they'd end with this, and then by the end of it, I was like, okay, I understand why they ended with this. So for a song to bring me back after like me being a little bit hesitant on it, I think kind of speaks volumes in itself. Uh, Jace wasn't at the show, Burjo was at the show, uh, and, he, and like, he, again... 
it was like it's like I was dropping the kids off the school and he was the teacher and be like, I'll take care of them. Don't worry. I've got their back. I'll see you at three o'clock. And unfortunately, I'm never going to see those Bilsons again because I'm assuming they're already in the stomachs of Bert Burjo and Jason. Oh, thank God. Have you still got the cordials, bud? Like, have you still got your cordials there? Got a couple what, of cordials. What, what a couple of cordials went their way. I can't remember what cordials we have. I can't, oh, I can't remember anything at the moment. I'm just, I'm just, I'm an emotional wreck. It was a big weekend. It was a big weekend, mate. I'm fucking horrible. Um, no, did you see? <laughs> Do you see what Private Function did? No. What have they done? So Fill me in. This thing. So you remember their album that they called, I think it was Saint yeah, Ang- the St. Anger album? The St. Anger album. I remember the, the Whose Line Is It Anyway. I'm pretty sure it was that with the backs. They had a, they had an album that, was, oh, that well. it was basically the St. Anger album cover with the, like a thumbs up. It's oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, my bad. So, yeah, they, yeah, uh, yeah. so yeah. they said the good people at Disdain Records have picked up uh, the third pressing for our debut album, St. Anger. The pressings will come in three never-before-seen colors. They've called the, the yeah. three They've called the three colors. One, chocolate starfish. Two, hot Fuck. dog flavored water. Three, no. red dirt. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's hero of the week stuff right there, Nate. <laughs> oh, that is heroic. That is fucking unbelievable. Find <laughs> the function, taking the piss out of limp biscuit. No, Nick. I, I don't know if I could stand this. I don't know if I could take it. That's fucked up. It's like, like if, which one? Which one would you buy? If you had the choice. Look, I don't know what the... Uh, I'm trying to work out what a hot dog flavoured water kind of looks like. I'm trying to work... Is that clear? Like I don't a, know, David. It's just murky. Like a, a pink middle with a blue adding? Like, oh, I've no idea. The ring's a satin kind of thing there. God damn. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get that image out of my head now, Nathan, and you've, you've burnt it in my memory. Uh, Dave, we want to, I want to talk about something real quick. Joel Birch tweeted something throughout the week, and I thought it was a good discussion point. I don't know if you I'll saw I'll never this. buy a house. Yeah, never buy a house with them. Yeah. So, so Twitter came out uh, on Twitter. He, you know, Joel's great at posting on Twitter, very vague, like kind of stuff, a statement, and never really following up on it. It's really good. It's a, it's a good quality of Joel. Uh, but he posted this tweet. He said, uh, "Music w- will never buy me a house. Don't ever sign to a label, a major label, a label yep. major. I'm going to call it now, <laughs> ever. Um, label major, label major. Oh, don't ever sign to was. a major label ever. And it got wow. a lot of people talking um, about you know whether this is." You know, kind of um, sour grapes on Joel's part, and like I, I saw um, Bob Bobak from Justice from the Dam saying, like, you know, it's all it's not about what happens during the contracts. How like you've still got seven years on the after your contract even finishes of these, you know, people owning your music yeah. and everything. I had the talk with the featured X guys, and that was and they literally like kind of broke it down, like how all these bands they signed a piece of shit deals because they think you know that's what they're supposed to do, and they sign it for this kind of like almost validation and almost like, and I get it, I get why you would do it right because like you know if you you've probably been told by a lot of your mates that you know give it up or whatever and then you get an offer from a label it's like hey this is actual proof that we're actually onto something here and like a lot of other reasons and um then all of a sudden you know 10 years later you go fuck we shouldn't have signed to that and i just it's an interesting talking point because i saw a lot of people kind of putting their two cents in and the amity affliction i I don't know you know again details weren't really disclosed like kind of it was just kind of this vague tweet that kind of got a bunch of people talking uh he also commented saying fucking idiots who have no idea uh how predatory and unethical the music industry is uh weighing in on things from an armchair love them we spent literally a decade uh trying to get off a major label deal and now uh, on an indie deal we couldn't be happier never signed to a major label i think they're on i can't remember what label we're on now but you know it's a good one apparently for them um i just yeah i don't know what I, it's hard to really kind of come into this because there is like a lot of gray area because there's uh, you know, unfortunately you know, on twitter you can only say certain things and a lot of things are just 
dot points. Um, what do you think, Nate? Like, do you think this is sour grapes? Do you think this is um, this is a fair point? Do you see now, like, if you see a lot of people who have signed a Unify or like any other any major label, right? I don't want to just put Unify in there, UNFD. But um, do you look at them and go like, oh shit, this, that might bite him in the ass in a few years' time? Potentially, yeah. I, I think he's like got a real valid point, but because as you say, when you're a young and like impressionable band and you're coming up and you think, boom. Roadrunner Records will say is like an example. Like, yep, they're interested in us. Let's do it. Let's say they take 80% of your cut or 75. Like when you're young, you, you don't look at that shit. You haven't got lawyers looking at your stuff. You're just like, yep, why not? Let's do it. And there's always clauses and little fucking chinks in the contracts when they get you. So like Joel Birch, like I saw a few people comment like about the alcohol and like the drugs and like his history there and like saying he's wasted his money. But when you actually look through the years and stuff like, if you're owing a label for 15 years after you sign that deal still and they're pulling money from you, it doesn't matter how much you're spending. Like they're still fucking pulling it out of their back pockets, out of your back pocket. So like you can manage your money as good as you want, but yeah, I, I, I understand where he's coming from, but yeah. And it's also a situation where like the, the deal, the actual record deals finished, but it's still an extension of the record deals. Like, you know, you still got oh, another yeah. five years of like not owning your shit and pe- and people still taking, as you say, money from your back pocket. And I, mm. like, again, you know, you're right here. Like, and you, like, I just did see a lot of people comments like, you know, I don't think, <laughs> but Joel was uh, very, you know, you know, thrifty Wise with his money yeah absolutely yeah. and like yeah, I, maybe that's an argument i guess like you know if you joel having like a good discussion about it like sitting down and actually talking about it you can come here if you want joel um <laughs> like would be a really fascinating talk because i think so not many people yeah you know, it's kind of like asking how much money you make it's kind of like asking how much how much you weigh and so like certain questions that you don't want to answer you shouldn't ask the question of and i think uh but joel if, he, if he's you know willing to do it i think that'd be a really cool discussion because it kind of it would open the door and kind of open a lot of people's eyes in the sense like again i don't know if he's right i I don't know if he's wrong. I don't think there's enough information on the table to really comment on it, which is, a, which is yeah. an unfortunate thing, but I think it's fascinating to see. And I, I don't know, you know, you see bands like, I don't think Ocean Sleeper are really signed to anyone. They're kind of like pretty independent on their own run and they're doing, they do probably one of the biggest merch runs ever. Like they still, they, the amount of people I see in a fucking Ocean Sleeper shirt, shout out Carl, still a beautiful looking man, um, is, is uh, staggering. And I, I, want, I wonder how like, you know, I think Starve are doing really good shit at the moment. Like uh, would would a band like Starve want to sign? It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they should sign. I think they're doing really well independently right now. And I guess when you see stuff like what Joel's saying, it probably would scare a few bands away from signing. Well, probably not the, the major thing that I think about it, not a lot of bands are educated in this like, sense of what's going on with major like labels and stuff so without people telling us like you say asking the hard questions and opening up about it it's very vague and very hard to know how much people are actually getting like pulled out of like say you're starving you sign a deal and like you get 50 percent of your sales with your records and let's say 40 percent of your merch like major deals might be 70 and 30 like there might be more than that and like joel as you say getting on here to do a talk giving a perspective of what you can actually learn and do would be great for those bands because like at the moment like you say starve that a great their um their, their launch their ep launch at the at stay gold was a monstrous night there was bloody probably i reckon 100 people bought merch and bought the record and stuff and like because they're not signed they get that into their back pocket and it'd be interesting to see like if they did sign to a major label how much they get cut because we don't know yeah. like that that's why i raised that like we got no idea how much the percent what the percentages are so 
like you say, until someone comes out and says it, which is a brutal and a hard thing to do, it's hard to know, mate. And there was, um, I remember like in that featured X talk, they were saying like they kind of they didn't take a shot, but they kind of mentioned how like early rise records would work, and they would say they'd they'd oh, yeah. sign they'd sign about ten bands worth about a hundred grand for, for the entirety of every contract, and they basically throw them at a wall, see what sticks, and then they would they, you know the other contracts would fuck off and wouldn't matter, and then they'd stick with it. So if they in the, in their words they said if they you know throw ten bands at a wall, oh you got to sleeping with sirens, fuck everyone else off, keep sleeping with sirens, milk them for all their worth kind of thing, yep. and. Like not, yeah, I know, I know it's kind of harsh way of thinking of milk them for all their worth, but yeah, a lot of a lot of labels do think like that. I know a lot of labels don't think like that, which is great. And I think there are obvious labels you could go to who will appreciate you and aren't gonna kind of fuck you over in that sense. But I think bands just need to be, yeah, as you said, bands just need to be a little bit smarter and don't kind of rush into things. You know, we've seen bands rush into things, and we've seen bands sign off, and a lot of bands that you see that have signed, and I don't want to name names because I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound harsh, but there's some bands that have signed to certain labels that you look at and they've signed three years ago and they're no bigger now than what they were three years ago. And why is that? Sure. You know, what the whole yeah. point of signing to a label was kind of to get bigger and have distribution and kind of have these kind of perks to you and get on tours. And some bands just haven't had that. And I don't, there could be other factors in there, but like, it doesn't always work that way. People think sign a deal and you're going to get massive. That's just how it works. Sign a deal and all of a sudden you're everywhere. You're on billboards everywhere, but that's not how it works. I'll, I'll name a band for you. I'll, I'll name one that's been signed to a big label, like an international label. Yep. So Dr- Dreg got signed to Epitaph. And yep. this was pre-COVID. We thought, yeah, this is all right. It's going to be interesting. But they got on some monstrous American festival out of nowhere. We're like, what, what, the, what the fuck's going on here? But getting on a label like that pre-COVID, I'm like, well, that might open the door to America and North America for a band like Drake to get bigger, which was kind of cool. But COVID's kind of fucked them in the ass with that. So it's kind of hurt them expanding internationally, which is where their probably market is for a band like that. But like you say, it's it's so like, who was to foreshadow what happened there? But yeah, it's interesting. It is. It's a good talk. Um, Nathan, I want to move on. Uh, I, I just want to do something nice and quick. We've been a couple of weeks since we've done a show, like a normal show. What's been the best track, t- in your opinion, that's come out in the last couple of weeks? Is there one oh, Stan, song that stands out? Stan Atlantic, Deathwish, 100%. With Nothing Nowhere? With Nothing Nowhere, mate. I, I've got a pot shot for you about yeah. that. But um, that's I'll give you the pot shot now. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll just give you two for later. But the pot shot was, this will be the first year, a, a backbone, like a, a top 10 song from the backbone 100 gets into Triple J top 10 hundred like their countdown i reckon that song has the potential to do both sides yeah. it's that good it's a it's whether, a it, whether a it does whether it does i don't know but that's my prediction anyway it's huge uh there's something about like yo know, it's it's a really good like kind of um multi-universal thing you know like you see two people from like dc and marvel come together and you're like holy shit i didn't think that was possible and like you nobody would have predicted like nothing nowhere and stan atlantic going together so to see it be announced and then to see them actually come out with a banger because you know some we've seen some like you know collaborations come out and we're like oh this is gonna be awesome the tom morello tom morello jumping on a lincoln park song all those years ago and then coming out with an acoustic track and you but on paper it looks so good and all of a sudden it just kind of doesn't go the way you want it to go that was criminal nick <laughs> I, I don't I, that's the only way of describing that they should have been locked up for that that was fucking disgusting it was terrible <laughs> Absolutely woeful. I tell you what, my, my favorite song of the last couple of weeks, Nathan, um, I don't know if you've heard this one. It's Don Broco's new track. Have you heard Manchester Super Red's number one fan? No. It's a good. Uh, no. What kind of vibes we got? No, I don't. I don't know. Nathan, I don't know how to describe this song. It's, it's like, look, 
Uh, do you like a band called Enter Shikari? Yeah, so we got Enter Shikari vibes. I don't know how to describe it. I don't think I, like they've got a lot of different vibes to them, but I think they've got that kind of Shikari kind of niche to them where I think they've got a nice, a devoted fan base. And it's they're a band who, funny enough, I haven't really listened to really ever for whatever reason. And then Bad Love mentioned that, that, um, that their latest EP, Life Imitates Art, was kind of inspired yep. by Don Broco, uh, like a little bit one of the many bands. And I kind of went, okay. And then, you know, like a few days ago, they've had this new song. It's fucking amazing. Like, I'm telling you, you're going to love this track when you get get around to listening to it. It's one of my favorite yeah. songs of the year. There's something about this track that I just think, I, I don't know what it is. It's it's just something that I think is going to set them off a bit. Um, you know, they're, they've got a devoted fan base and not as big as what other people, you know, would believe them to be. But um, I can't wait. I, I, they've actually made me want to dig down into their back catalog. And, you know, they're a band who has, has a little bit of a back catalog already. They're huge in the UK as well, man. They're huge. Oh, monstrous band. I, I remember I did listen to their 2018 album. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I listened to them and I'm like, yeah, they're cool, but they weren't a band that I actually went back and did the deep dive, which might yep. happen now that you've said that about this song. So they are a cool band, though. They've always had really good vibes. So if they, have to, if they do have a song like that now, that might be the changer. Might be the game changer that we asked for the bands to do. All we need is one game changer, Nathan. That's all we ever want in life. I'm Nathan, the game changer. Oh, you fucking bastard. <laughs> do, you, do we have a quiz today, Nathan? Oh, it's the easiest quiz of all time, Nick Brown. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yep. This took me seven minutes to make, all right? So, Perfect. Nick, true, true or false, the flea was born in Frankston? Uh, false. He was born in, He was born in Australia. Where was he born? In Melbourne. Where in Melbourne was he born, though, Nick? Ah, um, Moorabbin. Mar- uh, I got no idea, but it's not Frankston. You got it right. You, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you know how? Do you know how I know that? Uh, go on. You did a research on it. No, absolutely it's a not. Myth. That's that's been a myth of it, like since I grew up that he was born in Frankston. I was just like, I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna check it out. So yeah, he, go on. At Big Day at 2013, Flea mentioned he was born in Melbourne, and there you he go. Said, I think he said the line that. Um, if <laughs> there was placenta everywhere was the line that I'm pretty sure he said. And I was like, oh, good on you, Flea. And then they played um, Higher Ground. And that's a cool song as well. Well, great cover, Stevie Wonder. But Nick yeah. Brown, he was born in Melbourne, yeah. moved to New York at four years of age, then moved back to Canberra from nine till 13 before he went to LA. Okay. Then he hooked up with then he hooked up with Kalidas and they yeah, went from there. But Nick, who was yeah. the last band on stage at Soundwave 2015? Was A, Slash, B, Fallout Boy. C, Judas Priest, or D, Lamb of God? Um, I'm going to say Fall Out Boy. Correct, Nick Brown. They headlined the stage, stage three, I believe it was. Slash yes. was second last on the main stage behind yep. Slipknot. Judas Priest was second to Smashing Pumpkins off the top of my head. And Lamb of God didn't even play that year. They played the year <laughs> before, I'm pretty sure. So I tried to get you. Nick, maybe five songs from Atlas by Parkway Drive. Oh, on the album, okay. On the album, swing, wild eyes, um, um, they had dark days. Yes. Um, they have the song Atlas. Yes, correct. Is there a, is there a song called Atlas? Correct. Uh, yes. Thank fuck. Uh, I was gonna struggle if I didn't have that. Old Ghost, New Regrets is another one. Well done. That was track two, I believe. So you also had the river. You had um, Dream Run, you had Slayer. Oh, I got no fucking idea. I don't even care. But you got a mud. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Nick, what Pigby song has the most YouTube views? Was it A, Drown, 
be true friends. See, can you feel my heart? Dethrone. Nick, I have no heart right now. I'm soulless. Go on. What do we got? Um, It's Trown. Oh, Nick, no, it's dethroned. Nah, he was one of them. <laughs> yeah, like they're both. I think um, Throne was about one fifty mil, and Drowns about one hundred, which is just monstrous stats. Yeah. Nick, sm- smaller band YouTube views. Which Northlane video has the most views? Is it A Rot, B Quantum Flux, C Dream Awake, or D Dispossession? Fuck. Um, I'm gonna think it's A or B. I, you know, when Rot came out. It was pretty massive because of the new singer, and I remember a lot of people yeah. from America really digging that track. But Quantum Flux has been out longer, and that was like the song at the time. I'm yeah, going to go Quantum Flux. Mm. You going Quantum Flux? Yeah, if, if it's it, C or D, I'm going to cry. <laughs> well, Nick, Dispossession um, technically was the highest viewed track, but it got rejigged when they signed to UNFD. So they redid the um the views and now it's on the UNFD channel. So that's third place. So you were right. It's Quantum Flux. Congratulations. Yes. How many Nick, view- do we what- have a views? How many? Uh, I think Quantum Flux is about eight point three mil. Pretty good. Pretty good amount. Yeah, not too bad. Rot's about five. Dream Awake's three point eight and Dispossessions underneath that two point four. That's yeah. all off the top of my head. You can check that out, see how close I got. But Nick Brown, <laughs> what bed signed to UNFD during the week? Fuck, I know this too. Um, I, I heard about this. I don't know the song. I don't know anything about the band. Um, I Fuck, I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Give it to me. Um, Nick, I'm going to give you a hint. So one of your favorite Parkway Drive songs minus a letter. Um, swing, deliver me. Um, delivery, delivery. You were, you were humming the first word, the first word that you thought of when you went swing. Sl- no, sleep. E, e, sleep, 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 walker, sleep, walker, sleep, walker, sleep, 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 fucker, it's sleep, fucker. No, it's not. What it was, it's sleep, waker. So you take the L out of the walker. Yeah, come on, that was fucking obvious, you silly bastard. But sleep, waker. So they're from Grand Rapids, Michigan, in America. So I stand by the sleep, fuckers. Yeah, no, I like that's way better. Nick, who am I? I'm a band with three names from Australia. Um, three names from Australia. Um, fuck, why is this hard all of a sudden? Make them suffer. That's a great guess, but no, I'm a hardcore mosh band, and my name includes a famous Hollywood actor's name. Nicholas Cage Fighter. Fucking oath it is, Nick Brown, the greatest name of all time <laughs> of a band in Australia ever seen. Nick, true or false? Body Camp's first gig was a set at Lollapalooza. False. No. True, Nick's T was doing a solo run on that show. So he's meant to play like by himself, but he did a half set of rap doing his thing, and he yeah. got body count up to do half a, half a set, which is fucking amazing. So, fucking so hell. That's crazy. Yeah. So that was when they popped off, and the rest is history. Nick, nine. Who was the first international band signed on a global deal on UNFD? Was it A, Crossfaith, B, Hacktivist, C, Architects, or D, Straight from the Path? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, stray from the path. Oh, that's a great guess, Nick. No, they weren't global signed. They did an Australian distribution for their album, um, Subliminal Criminals, Fuck. but they weren't internationally. It was on a global signed deal. They were okay. on a different label um, in America. Uh, is One it of the other three. Uh, no, Nick. They did the same thing for um, 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> the tw- what, fuck, I've, I've gone blank, but no, it wasn't them either. Was it Hacktivist? Well, Lost Together, Lost Forever was released through UNF, David, only in Australia. Hacktivist, Nick, you gotta, you gotta look that in. You're looking at it, Eddie. <laughs> look, if it's not Hacktivist, it's whatever the fuck the fourth one was. <laughs> Crossface was the fourth one, Nick, but you want to lock in then. No, I want to. I want to go activist because I think it's cross. Yeah. Well, Nick, it's activist. You got it right in the end. Well played. They were the first. So they they signed a global deal to UNF, UNFD, and they kind of they did the album and it didn't really pop off from there. But Limbs was the first U, US band to do that. So this is okay. like a, like they're purely UNFD like worldwide, and that was the quiz, Nick Brown. Well done. Fantastic work, Nathan. I'm proud of you. Very proud of you. Uh, how fuck do I sound? <laughs> do I you sound you, look, you don't sound too bad. Not too oh, bad. Oh, mate. <laughs> I, honestly, Nick, I, I don't have sick days from work. Yeah. But I've got tomorrow off work sick. This, this <laughs> weekend has just slowly just killed me, mate. I'm sorry. That's okay, mate. I, I forgive you. We all forgive you. Have a Bilson's. <laughs> Mate, that'll be uh, that'll be the cure for everything. I, I you, think. You, you want to know how bad it's been? I haven't eaten anything all day. Oh fucking hell! I love it, Nathan. Time for <laughs> time for pot shots. Quick, quick, quick answers. Well, uh, you had my first one. That's okay. I'm gonna, go I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna do two today instead of three just to mash you up, Nathan. Oh, oh, this is such an easy one for you. Guitar Hero is the greatest video game franchise of all time. Better than FIFA? Grand, Theft, Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Ooh. And better than Crash Bandicoot because those are the two, the other two. <laughs> really? They're, they're not COD. We're not going COD. We're not. Nah, going COD, FIFA. COD's got too many well, fucking shit ones. FIFA's ran up, fell off a cliff the last few years. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna roll with that because the I don't remember a phenomenon like it, Nick, when it came out. It was it, huge. It, it, everyone had to have it. The YouTube videos were there. All your mates had it. You had to like. You just had to have it. It was like. I'm just trying to think back like to a phenomenon. Nick, let's go back to when we were children. Furbies. Do you remember the Furby dolls? The little Night. fucking... They, they, that was a phenomenon when we were little. <laughs> this was like that. It popped off where it was global. Everyone had a Furby. Nick, I'm telling you. Guitar Hero. Greatest game of all time. I'm backing up. I, I still find, find Furbies in the crevices of my house. And it's just it's like, wait, what the fuck have you done here? How you spent 25 years, Nathan? What was your favorite Furby? Did you have a color? Like a favorite color? Mine was a little like an aqua blue. Um, I remember I got a I got a white one and I tried to draw the Richmond Tiger jump jumper, <laughs> and turns out it didn't uh, the, the black permanent marker didn't take too well to the Furby and it just kind of ruined it. You should have just pretended it was a cast and you signed it, gave you autograph. You silly bastard. Nick Nick Brown, which Sam Carter featured song is better? First World Problem Child with Stray, yep. versus Band of Brothers with these nuts. Oh, um, I think First World Problem Child's probably a little bit better. I think Band of oh. Brothers could have been done by, oh, look, they both could have been done by other people, to be fair. Actually, no, I'm going Band of Brothers. That song fuck, fucks me up. I got hey, my Band of Brothers, and we're taking that to the start. And there's no bless. There's not one bless no. in the song. <laughs> Nick, that's the greatest Dee's Nuts song of all time. That's oh, actually no, probably popular demand. But um, Nick, that song and the iconic Sam Carter voice—that was like, oh, he can actually sing cleans. This is really cool. <laughs> uh, uh, put him on the map for me. You go, Nick Brown. What do you got? Nathan, the Dark Pool is better than the Death of Me. Yay or nay? Yep, yay. I'm going that. I'm backing you in. I know you saw it the other night. Might have a little like recency bias watching it. You might not, but I'm thinking yes because. 
from Go to War, I really enjoyed that album. The clothes, yep. like you say, where we go and we die, that made the the hundred. We had four songs in there. Nurture is one of my favorite, probably my date, my, my actual favorite Thornhill song. That's a great song. Lily in the Moon's a banger. Views from the Sun's a banger throughout. Yeah. Um, fucking, oh god, and that's just a really good album. I think it's better because Polaris just was too hit and miss throughout the album for me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Nick Brown, bands are less talented than they used to be at songwriting. Yeah or no? Um, bands are less talented as what they used to be in songwriting. Songwriting evolves, Nathan, just like we all evolve. Um, but if oh, I had to give an actual answer, look, I, I, I think that with the saturation of bands, I think the the baseline level has probably gone down a little bit because, but like, yeah, I don't know how you can really fuck. Like, songwriting can only you can only do so much these days. And um, I will I will say that. You know, bands, they, I do find a lot more bands a little bit too grinding on my teeth, on my teeth a little bit, Nathan. Grinding teeth is good, make them suffer. So. Grind, you, grind uh, your gears, Nick Brown. They do I don't like my, that. And they grind my teeth, they grind my gears, they grind other places, I'm not allowed to say. Uh, and it's they be, mainly because it does feel very formulaic. And, you know, if I listen to a, a lot of songs, you know, they can get away with it. If a song's really good, it doesn't matter how it's structured, it doesn't matter how it's written. Yeah. But I, I think... Um, a lot of songs, I think their biggest downfall is that on a first listen, I can predict exactly where this song is going and when it's going to go there within a minute. And that happens so much, man. And like, that's probably the, the annoying part of like having to listen to so much music and kind of doing it as like kind of for, for backbone and that. Cause I feel like if I was just a casual listener, you can kind of, you don't have to take that shit in. You know, you can just kind of listen to music for the fun of listening to music. And that's just, yeah. that's what you want, Nathan. But we, we well, didn't got- sign up. We didn't sign up for that fucking life. Did we? No, I got another question off that. Do you okay. think production production hides in songwriting like yes. a little bit to a degree? Absolutely, because yeah, like no. production's so much better now than when we were in a band. Like it's just unbelievable what you can do on a we, fucking on an iPad now. It's just ridiculous or an i a Mac that you got. Yeah, uh, it look everyone has yeah like I, bands that were making music twenty years ago. You can have a, a home studio and make like as good of music as they were making like hundred thousand dollar studio. Yeah. yeah, it's just like it's mental. Like it's mental what you can do these days, and that's just the advancement of technology. Nathan, uh, well, look, it does hide a lot of shit, but like uh, and that's singing. the problem. The the big problem is that like if I hear a if I hear a poor production song. I don't care how like, good what the, the song fuck? is. I'm automatically yeah. probably going to tune off it because I think, yeah. it's, I think it's part of the commitment for a band now. I think part of it is now you got to look at it as like if they're not willing to invest in a, a good production, a good sound, then they're probably they probably don't care enough about the band. And I think that's something to read into as well. So I think if you're not if you're not putting that money in, if you're not if you're not like putting that effort in, then you know you're not giving people a reason to give a shit. That's what you all you, all you have to do in a band is give people a reason to give a shit. It's not hard. It's not hard to be in a band, Nathan. Just give people a reason to listen to you. Oh, mate. It's a bit like going from watching like a standard HD or a standard definition TV yeah. to like a HD. Like it's yeah. like once you've watched the quality, you can't go back. And it's the same with music. Once you listen to the quality, you can't go back to that shit. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Uh, that being said, Nate, we've got, there has been a few songs that have come out, so we'll go into 360 before we get out of here. Name it's me a, three, Nick. Three, <laughs> do you want me to name you three? I'll give you three songs, three bands right Anyways, now. Really three. three bangers. Earth Caller, Earth Caller, yeah. Onslow, and Vermont. Banger, banger, banger. Three bangers. DX Crops Jobs. Pew, pew, pew. Sorry, yeah. How'd it go? You're you're a you're a swinging cowboy there with the um the old the western like the pulling the guns out like three ten to humor style Nick Brown. Maybe you should watch maybe you should rewatch that tonight. Oh, it's a great but, movie, um, Nathan on Stan. Oh, dude, it's a fa- it is and it's trending on Stan too. I was going to watch it today, but I started your honor instead. But yeah, dude, on Slow, you song gays. 
I love the sound they're going with. Um, Dude, I love the Sean's vocals. The, the vocals are so good. The chorus is massive. Um, the first listen, uh, I won't lie, the chorus, I was like, uh. But then when you listen again and you hear the layers around it, it's so well done and it yeah. works so well. The, ga- the, the guitars, like the bass, like the production on it, dude, it's just so groovy. The drums are so good. I'm a huge fan of this project. Whether they actually come and play live shows or not, I don't know. Being like Sean from WA, I don't know, but I'd yeah. love to see him. Like, it'd be, like, it'd be awesome to see. Put them on a Unify. Um, put, yeah, easy. Put fucking Short Stack on a Unify. Yeah. Um, Vermont, make an headline on the Thursday. I tell you what, yeah, Vermont can. What with Unify, just before we get back into the music, I'm just yes. like, I was just having this um, kind of existential crisis. Maybe we'll go into this a little bit more next week. And I was like, the idea of like, you know, obviously no international bands are coming back until at least mid 2022. Correct? I think that yeah. was right. Yeah, but, that, that, um, that's been confirmed. I'm pretty sure. So you have these festivals coming up and the two ones we're going to we're going to focus on is good things whether or not that happens or not but let's just say it does and then you got unify how do you run by different people how do you think they're going to um kind of work around that do you think the lineups are going to be completely different do you think there's going to be a shit ton of crossover because i don't know how much crossover you're allowed to give because if you have 10 bands that are playing both shows I don't know. It makes both of them sound pretty shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you need your own distinct flavor for these wanna, these two things. You want to know my prediction and what I think of all yeah. this? Like, okay. what's going to happen? I actually, I actually pretty. I, I think full tilt is basically good things for this year. Yeah. That's what I'm treating it as. I do too. Yeah. I, I I honestly don't see how you can book a similar bill to that in December, a month before Unify, and get away with it because this is really cool. And I actually had this in 360 to talk about. Brisbane's less than a month away now, so yeah. if we haven't. You haven't booked your accommodations and flights. It's probably something you should do if you're not going to go or if you are going to go. So, but um, that's how I'm. This is like I, I think that's what's going to happen. But I, I don't think we'll get a good thing. So I think we'll get a unify because they're meant to have it this year, but COVID kicked off literally when it was going to happen. So I think unify will be okay. I think there's enough locals that didn't get on the full tilt to play at a unify and get away with it. But a lot of bands said no to unify last year, Nick. So, who are they actually going to get? So, that's the question I have. Well, so they can't they, they can't afford Parkway at this stage. I think if good things was to happen, they'd have to get Parkway again, which, you know, people might say, you know, they got them two years ago, but they literally have no other option. They can't do anything else. So maybe Amity, but, like, Amity aren't big enough to headline, I don't think, at least. You can get them both. But that, but Unified did that a couple of years ago. I, I, I want to say... headliners. I figured I, it out. I would say, I know who I think should... Um, Head, who should be a made major player on good things if it was to happen, right? It's a pendulum. Parkway headline, pendulum play underneath him. I don't... Yeah. And the more I think about it, the more it makes the most amount of sense ever because Pendulum have always played these rock am rings. As I, I, used, I made this fucking claim for Machine Gun Kelly two years ago. Oh, that's a stupid claim. Who's your rapper? Fuck all of you. I fucking picked it two years ago. I'm sick of everyone. Um, but with Pendulum, Australian band, they play shows still. They have a new. They're putting out new music. It's good. It's heavy. Like it's heavy. Like I know heavy electronic, but it's still fucking heavy. And they always draw crowds. I generally think if you had Parkway Drive, Pendulum, and Polaris, the three P's of the universe, come together and play good things. Because I don't think Parkway are going to play Unify. I can't afford them. Pendulum wouldn't play Unify. I don't think that that's their scene. I don't think Unify would be interested in Pendulum and Polaris. Cool. I don't think they're going to play Unify either. Now, well, we got the news during the week. They've officially cancelled the Parkway Drive Tour, which yes. does leave a, like a vacation, a vacational spot for them to play. So whether we do get that show, as you say, out of good things, it would be monstrous. But why not? Like you get, you get Parkway, 
Get Pendulum. Get the Veronicas. Get a yeah. couple of bands like the Veronicas the back. In. Get the Chats. You can have a bring Violent Soho back. Like uh, honestly, yeah. you, you you could have a really cool festival and a good vibe by doing that, which all bands aren't playing at full tilt. So, and I don't know if Unify will ever get a Violent Soho again. I think they've gone against that kind of. I think if they if I think if Unify happens, I think Violent Soho will play it. Just because I don't know I hope so. I don't know who else can fucking hit like you know, just I reckon they'll get Amity in Violent Soho. I don't I think it'd be silly to get um North Lane again and have them as a headliner unless they release another album. I know they're working on another album, but unless they actually had it and it was part of their run up to the album being released, maybe that's okay. I don't think Polaris will play it. Uh Inhart's Wake will play it, but they're not big enough to I Still don't think they're big enough to be a headliner as much as UNFD might want us to believe in that. I don't think it's possible. Um, you know, Vida's murder still haven't been invited back since fucking their um their fucking thing that happened uh, burning the Bible in 2017. So I don't know if they're coming back. Maybe they're they're good for good things. Like, well, yeah, yeah. We, should, we should come up with our lineups next week or something. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well, I'm just trying. To, I'm thinking back to the Bad Love interview when we're talking about Unify and the vibes the bands are getting from the start to where it is now at Unify. So yeah, I don't know if every band still wants to play it. Like maybe because we didn't have one last year, it might make bands want to go back a little bit more and make the excitement there again. But they've changed the vibes from where it was to something different now. So you might not get all the bands that have played there before wanting to go back. So maybe yeah. that's a real thing. Like maybe that is a real thing, and bands think they're bigger than Unify now. Who knows? Like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but. Like you say, both festivals do have a spot if they want it. I just don't think we'll get good things. I hope we do, but... Yeah, yeah any festival at this stage, I'll happily take. Uh, Nath, oh, we're back to the music, sorry. Uh, Vermont, new Vermont, song. You messaged me the about this song. You said yeah. this was uh, up there with the greatest songs of the last 27 years. Yeah, Three Days Grace, I Had Everything About You, Nickelback, Saving Me, Vermont, new song, Erased. That is what <laughs> the list is of the one, two, three, left, right, good night, alt, right. I don't give a fuck. I'm telling you, Nick, about this song. It's massive. Uh, uh, they're, they are really, really talented at their songwriting. I don't yeah. know what it is about it. Their production's really good on this song. I thought the um the chorus is really, really outstanding. They shift the gears of like the, the tempo, so they went like from slow to quick during one of the choruses and the verses, and I really liked that. They added a better track. Like, yeah, it's just really well written. I think, once again, Vermont, they'll be in the 100 with this song. So that's all we can ask the bands. We ask them. We challenge them. If you're good enough to make the hundred, you're, you, we like you, all right. So if we if we like you, keep doing that. Absolutely, it's, it's not hard. It's not hard, Nathan. It's not hard to write fucking Nick. music. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Nick, it's definitely hard. All right, we are we're assholes, all right? We're assholes. But um, <laughs> what else? Slowly, uh, slowly, got a new song. They got yeah, a new so, song so called Blueprint. Good. Yeah, Blueprint. So, well, Nick, it's funny you say that. I was thinking about it during the week, and they popped up with a song. They never go quiet for long. Yeah, they're always they're always like. If they're away for a month, they'll pop up with a new single, a new video, something just like a tour. Like they'll they'll, they'll have a full national tour off this song now. Like they'll just have the Blueprint tour, go out, make some more money. Really clever band, really clever song, and it's a full band song as well, which I really like. Um, to Octavia, new song, "The Sound of the Rain." Nick, they've got an EP coming out. Somewhere in a world not of the dream. What a fucking I don't know. Is that a bit of a wank title there for the EP? Nick? What? Are, where are we going with this? Look, I I quite like this song. I quite like their last song. Um, they told me they they saw. I can't remember what the fuck it's called. It was a good song, but uh, but I cannot. I can't get behind titles that are over four words long. <laughs> I just can't do it. I think that we need to cap bands. They need to have a word count limit on how oh, big mate. their title can be. Because I'm fucking sick of these bands seeing Panic, listening to Panic at the Disco once, and then going, oh, yeah, let's have a fucking title as long as their entire discography. 
Oh, mate, 100%. And the one thing I liked about this, they like at the moment, they've got this sound where they're building around their guitarists, like having really funky, really upbeat, really big sounding guitars. But this song's built around the chorus. So it's the reverse of that. Like, they've still got the big guitars in there, but the chorus is the standout part. So July 16, that EP is coming. I'm not going to pronounce it again because it hurts <laughs> my voice. Nick Brown, I've got to call out Triple M. Triple M played Five Finger Death Punch the other day. I was sifting through my radio stations to Triple J. And Five Finger Death Punch are on Triple M. What's going on here, Nick Brown? Why, why, why can't we get good bands? Why can't we get Ocean Grove on there? Why can't we grow them? Like, what, what are we doing? Nathan, I, I can't believe you're calling out them for playing Five Finger Death Punch when you have once been a Five Finger Death Punch diehard fan. I think you said oh, you, Nick. you said one time, the same similar time that I said Avenged Sevenfold are the greatest band of all time. I'm pretty sure you said a Five Finger Death Punch will be written on my tombstone. And I'm going to be oh, I, can't, I can't wait for both of those things to happen. I can't wait for my Death Bat tattoos to come in as well. I swear they're coming one day. Uh, well, so I don't you know, know if you're know, allowed to complain. You know what's funny about that? I'm going to defy the grave. I'm going to get in and fucking... I'm going to ice my body so you can't fucking put me in a tomb, all right? That's what's going to happen. So it's never going to happen, Nick Brown. I'm calling him out. Yeah, I'm off him. I'm off yeah. Triple Triple M. Uh, Nick, Devil Wears Prada, new song called Nightfall. Zombie 2 EP coming out this Friday. They did a live stream over the weekend. I didn't watch it because I didn't want to. But uh, <laughs> the, two, the two songs so far have been very good. I like this. I like the band because Zombie was a really good EP. As we talked about a few weeks ago, it's very famous amongst the scene. It's one of the most beloved EPs going around. So to have a follow-up to that with the Zombie 2, I think there's going to be good shit on air. And the two songs so far have done that, Nick. Are they really long, these songs? This song was over four minutes, yes. Okay, it's um, four minutes. It's not too bad. Yeah. Clowns have a new song. Does it matter? What do we think, Nick? If you hear this? I haven't heard it, actually. I didn't know Clowns had a new track. I'm very upset. Yeah. So they got a new song called Doesn't Matter and they reference St. Kilda Road. Now, Nick, there's nothing better than a band when they reference something and you know, like you like you can relate to it. It's like you feel like they're, they're a Melbourne band, they're yours. They talked about St. Kilda Road. I'm, I'm all about it. I love that shit. Really good stuff, Glad mm-hmm. Nick, the greatest song of the week, Earth Call, a new song, I Will Return. That's, that feels like me next week when I return to the backbone with the Bilson in my hand, Nick. Man. That's, what it, that's what it's all about. I'm telling you now. Yeah. This song's fucking mental. Yeah, uh, Earthcall are really, they're really starting to change their sound up, and I, it's perfect. Like, they really need, like, and no disrespect, but they needed to change their sound up. They weren't getting recognized doing what they were doing, and as much as I really love Crystal Death, uh, just people didn't respond to it as well, and, you know, whatever, that's fine, um, but, you know, they, they obviously have kind of had a word, and they've changed their sound a little bit. I think they've changed their lineup. I think Earthcall have changed their lineup every two weeks at the moment, but that's okay. Well, Clinchy, Clinchy, the drummer on this song, is the standout. Yeah. He's an absolute beast on this song with these blast beats, and like you say, they're not fucking around with these songs. That's the formula. They're all under three minutes. They're two minutes, two and a half. This song's on under three again. Like, they're punchy. They're really heavy. They're fast. I think Josh's vocals, like, he showed a lot more range than normal, which is really good on this yeah. song. So, he kind of fell into that trap a little bit with the kind of slower tempo metalcore sound. But now, he's such a good screamer and got such a, like, a huge range. Like, on a song like this, he gets to showcase that, which I really like. A couple of other things. Kane Hill, Nick, a band that we saw in New Orleans. Um, they got a new song, Blood and Honey. I wish I was the honey right now. I'm telling you, they got an EP coming called Crew Della Mort, Nick. Crew Della Mort. New Orleans. Homage, paying it there, decent song. And then Elysian, Nick, have you heard of this band? I have. Uh, have you heard the song? I have. So what's it called? The Wretched of the Earth. I don't like the title. What did you give me? Give me a three-word summary, Nick. Um, pretty good. Uh, very. Pretty good, very, is my, my three-word assumption. Oh, 
can anyone argue against that? That's, that's, oh, I've heard some summaries in my time. Thank that's you. up there. That's, that, that's fantastic. I'm pretty proud of that one. Yeah, good shit. Elysium, <laughs> go listen to them. Go check out all the bands. Check them all out. Just don't listen to us talking <laughs> fucking tripe with my Bilson's jumper. And, uh, like, Bilson? what, about, what, about, what about Saturday night? What about the Tigs? Oh, Tigs, unbelievable. What a win. Uh, you know what the weirdest thing is? Every like, did you watch the whole game? Yeah, I watched it from my bed. I haven't yeah. moved all weekend. So like, they were they, like today. I'm hearing like everyone going like, "Yo, Tigers come back in a footy classic." And you know, I was at the game. You watched the game. I never thought it was a classic. I thought it was a really like it had a really good ending. Like you know, the like the second half for Richmond fans was great, but like. It never really felt like this classic game of football to me. <laughs> and, like, everyone's calling it a classic. I'm like, yeah, I don't quite think it was that good of a game. But, um, like, I think the the Richmond Power game earlier this year was – you could consider that a classic in that sense. Yeah, that was a better standard of game. Like, it's the perfect example of, like, if a, if a game's close at the end, they say it's a classic, I think, yeah. more so than it being a classic game because – we were we were atrocious that game we, till half time. We got absolutely butchered in the midfield, and we came back, which was good. But like you say, people overreact in the moment, and like it was a good story with Rioli getting beat up during the week to keep the winning goal. So like a lot of people got caught up in the euphoria of all of that. Nick Brown and I'm a euphoric man. I, I like winning flags. That's that's where I get my euphoria from. So um, until we do that again, I don't really care. You know, I that's lo- what that's where we're at. That's what we deal with. Nick. We're, we're lo- professionals. I love every part of it. Uh, fuck, fuck you, goal on pie for getting in Dusty's way. How fucking dare you? Um, it was he twenty eight and four. Twenty eight. Give him six four. votes. He's unbelievable. Greatest player of all time. Uh, but that being said, <laughs> <laughs> we, we already agree with that, don't we? That's kind of a foregone conclusion. He's the Michael Jordan of this industry. I can't wait for his new shoe line coming out. The Dusties, oh, the Dusties sound like a great uh, like great shoe. Oh, dude, for sure. Um, I've just got to shout out. Nick, the, the playoffs are about to start with LeBron. Going oh, for, um, yeah, so he's going for title. What's he got four? So I think he's going for title five. So we'll be two behind. Two behind MJ at the moment and Space Jam coming very soon. And we had a boy, one of our mates in Bloom worked on the movie, which we found out off air yeah. after the, the takeover, Jared, which yeah. is Jared. Yeah. So I couldn't believe what he told us that. I was like, you're going to be like, that's fucking awesome. So like we say, all these bands that we get on for the actual, the takeovers, we learn stuff. And like, obviously they have different lives away from music and to hear that he does that for a living. I was like, holy shit. That's <laughs> awesome. That was a great Easter egg. Yeah, great, great interview, great and uh, great dudes, man. Bloom are awesome. I uh, can't wait for new music from them, whenever that may be. And um, yeah, Grayscale has have an absolute gem on their hands, I'd say, with them. Uh, with that being said, Nathan, thank you for joining me. Thank you everyone for listening. This bit backbone takeover, Zoom call exclusive, uh, and we will see you next week. Good boy.